G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Our objective is to go lead others to Christ, establish them spiritually, and do it again and again and again. Basically, it's wash, rinse, repeat. Pastor Greg Laurie points out the Lord calls us all to practice discipleship, to step out of our comfort zone and help somebody begin to walk with the Lord. Just do it. Enough talking about it. Just do it. Go lead someone to Christ, help get them stabilized and do it again. This is the day when the lost are found. given each of us a job, and it's an important job, but we probably spend a lot more time at the job that's printed on our business card than engaged in the job God's given us. God didn't put us here to be the vice president of this or the regional director of that. Pastor Greg Laurie points out today that our main job is to show others how to know the Lord. Today on A New Beginning, some practical insight on how to do that job well. The job is discipleship, and we've all been called to that privilege. first became a Christian, I really didn't fully understand what I'd done. Uh, I went forward at a little Bible study in my high school campus, as I've told you many times, and I prayed this little prayer. I didn't know what was ahead of me. I didn't know what was going to happen to me, but I, I believed what I heard. And not long after that, a guy comes up to me that I don't know from Adam's house cat. He says, hi, my name is Mark, and I saw that you went forward and prayed to accept Jesus the other day. I was kind of like resentful, like, yeah, so, and no, but hey, I want to help you. I want to take you to church. I'm like, no, that's okay. I don't want to go to church. No, no, I really want to take you to church. And I have to tell you something about this guy, Mark. Mark wasn't a cool guy. He wasn't the kind of guy I would have normally hung around, but he was so doggone persistent and he wouldn't take no for an answer. And the best way, let me take you to church. Finally, I said, okay. But he didn't just take me to church. He introduced me to other Christians. He had me over at his house for dinner with his mom and his dad. We're just kids at this point. I'm talking to Christians. I'm asking questions. No question was too ridiculous to ask. Here's what Mark was doing. He was discipling me. And if he had not done that, I fear I would have fallen through the cracks. Because a lot of times after a person accepts Christ, they don't know what to do next. And so he helped me in that transition. And what Mark did for me, we need to do for others. Because that's what the Great Commission is. Again, it's to go into all the world and preach the gospel and then make disciples of all nations. Listen, if you're following Jesus as a real disciple, you will be leading others to Christ. Let me reverse that. 
If you're not leading others to Christ, are you really following Him as you ought to as a disciple? Here's her commission. Again, Matthew 28, verse 16. Go therefore, says Jesus, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given to you, and lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. So here's our job. Here's discipleship simplified. I've told you what a disciple is. Now let me tell you what a disciple does or what it means to make disciples of others. Our objective is to go lead others to Christ, establish them spiritually, and do it again and again and again. Basically it's wash, rinse, repeat. Evangelize, disciple, stabilize, repeat. Do it over and over again. But somewhere along the line, we've sort of separated evangelism from discipleship, and they're one and the same. We're not just called to invite people to Christ, but then we need to take these new believers under our wing and help them get up on their feet spiritually. So here's a few things a new believer needs. Number one, they need assurance. They need assurance. They need to be reassured that God loves them and God has forgiven them and that their name is written in the book of life. One passage everyone should commit to memory is 1 John 5.13 where John writes, I write these things to you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Reassure a believer of that because remember in the Garden of Eden Satan attacked Adam and Eve. You remember how he attacked? He said to them, did God say what you really thought God said? And he'll do that in the life of a new believer. And for the, that matter, older believers sometimes too, right? Are you really saved? Do you think Christ has really forgiven you? It's not based on how I feel. It's based on what God has done. New believers need assurance. Number two, new believers need protection. They need protection. When you're holding a, a little baby, you have to hold them carefully and hold them in the proper way and support them and, and anything that could harm them. You, you put yourself in the way of that thing and new believers need protection as well. Uh, Galatians 4.19 says, My dear children, I feel as though I'm going through labor pains for you again and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your life. New believers are vulnerable to their emotions as well as being vulnerable to false teaching. Old friends will try to drag them down. Old girlfriends and old boyfriends will materialize out of nowhere. Temptations will come that maybe they've never experienced before, right? You remember that yourself. So they need to be protected. And just as in the parable of the sower, Jesus talked about the seed sown on the roadside, eaten by the birds, and he said, these are they that hear the word of God, but Satan comes immediately and snatches it away. The new believer doesn't know what's happening, but we do, so we need to help them. And number three, they need food. They need food. So when you're a new believer, you're hungry for the word of God. Can you remember the first time you read the Bible as a new Christian? Now, if you were raised in the church, it was familiar, but perhaps it came alive to you. But if you were more like me and you weren't raised in the church, and you started hearing these things for the first time. I'm just a kid, 17 years old. And I'm reading these things in the Bible that relate to me as a 17-year-old. And I still relate to them as a 40-year-old with added years. And so 
It's relevant to you in your youth. It's relevant to you in your middle age. It's relevant to you in your old age. Number four, new believers need an example. They need to see what a Christian looks like. You see, some things are taught and some things are caught. As Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.10, there is no 3.10, he says to Timothy, you've observed my teaching, listen, my conduct, my aim in life, and my faith. So it's not just my teaching, it's my conduct, it's my aim in life, it's my faith. You've seen an example. And let's be honest now. Here's one of the reasons we don't want new believers in our life. We don't want to change our behavior. See, because if I take a new believer with me to church and we go to lunch after and they're with me, I can't gossip. (laughs) If I have a new believer with me, I'll probably drive the speed limit and I'll probably talk about the message and do things a Christian ought to do already. Maybe we don't want that added pressure in our life, but we're missing out not only on helping them, but on helping ourselves. Well, thanks for joining us for A New Beginning Today with Pastor Greg Laurie. He's from Harvest Ministries in California, USA, and he's pointing out the importance of taking part in the discipleship process in showing a new believer what it means to live for the Lord. Let's continue. I think this is an important thing to have a new believer in your life because they will energize you. You know, someone asked me in an interview recently, what do you like to do in your spare time? I had to think about that. What do I do in my spare time? Uh, I don't have a lot of spare time. But I thought, well, I ride my Harley occasionally and very occasionally at this point. I surf once in a blue moon. So what do I do? And I thought for a moment, I thought, I know what I do in my spare time. I hang out with my grandkids. They looked at me like, yeah, and what else? That's kind of it. I really like to hang around with my grandkids. Uh, Because you know what? They energize me, you see. I like to be with them. And I don't make them enter my world. I don't sit them, you know, behind the computer and say, kids, study these commentaries and give me some points. No, I enter their world. I sit down and watch cartoons with them. I know all the characters' names on SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) Right? And we go get ice cream and we go to the playground and I watch them play and we talk together and, and then we have interesting spiritual conversations too. Last night we had a really interesting one. My granddaughter Allie was asking me about her rabbit that died. Will she see the rabbit again in heaven? And then she wants to know if she'll have a pet wolf in heaven and all these great questions. I love them though. But that energizes me. See, that's good for me and it's good for us because some grandparents have houses where they have a lot of breakable things. Well, I don't want the grandkids over because we have breakable things. Can I make a suggestion? Get rid of the breakable things and invite the grandkids over, okay? And if it will help, I will come over and just break those things and we'll get, you know, is this one of them? Yes. Okay, grandkids, come on. (laughs) And in the same way, If we have a life that is not welcoming of new believers, something is wrong. They need you, but listen to this. You need them. Why? Because you will discover things you take for granted. Oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. Oh yeah, you know, the word of God is true. Oh yeah, Jesus is coming back. Oh yeah, yeah, really? Because you talk about a new believer. 
You share these truths with them and they hear it for the first time and they are so excited and you rediscover it. The first time a child tries ice cream. I remember our son Jonathan, I gave him ice cream when he was a newborn. <laughs> Kathy was slightly horrified. I think she was still nursing him. And she, I, I gave him ice cream. Why did you do that? I said, but he smiled. <laughs> and he had a little baby, didn't he? I gave him the little, he went, mm. you know, so I, I enjoyed that. I got to see that for the first time. <laughs> first time a child sees snow. The first time a child uh, walks on the sand. Uh, the first time a child discovers something and that you take for granted. He goes in that wonderful. See, they need you to stabilize them. You need them to revitalize you. Because we begin to take these things for granted, as I said, and don't perhaps enjoy them as much as we ought to. And new believers are the lifeblood of the church, and they're also the lifeblood of older Christians. Some churches grow by church transfer growth. Most of their congregants come from other churches. Harvest grows primarily from new convert growth, and that is the best kind of growth, by the way. And we want to see people that don't know the Lord come to the Lord. That's our passion. So discipling. We're all called to do this. Nobody gets off the hook, nor should anyone want to get off the hook. Because this is a privilege. But it is also a responsibility. And I think sometimes the reason we don't do it is because we're afraid of failure or we're afraid that that uh, we won't do a very good job at it. Listen, you know what a new believer needs more than anything else? They just need a friend. They don't need a Bible scholar. Hey, if you're a Bible scholar, all the better, but they don't need that. They just need someone to show them what a real, living, breathing Christian looks like. And if you'll take that new believer under your wing, not only will you help them, but you help yourself. We're all called to do this, but if we're honest, a lot of us just don't. Uh, and I think we need to ask God to help us because he's commanded us to go. But what did Jesus say? All power is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Wait, I don't get the therefore. All power has been given unto me. Therefore all the resources you need are given to you. So go. Just do it. Enough talking about it. Just do it. Go lead someone to Christ. Help get them stabilized and do it again. And if you haven't done that, find someone who's new in the faith and help them out and get them into your small group and bring them into your life and help them learn what it means to be a Christian and you watch them grow spiritually and it will have a revitalizing effect on your life. Greg Laurie with some great insight today from his message called Just Do It. It was the final presentation in the series Discipleship, The Road Less Taken. Well, next time, Pastor Greg presents a practical study of the Gospel of Mark. It's called The Gospel for Busy People. Are you one of those? Well, join us tomorrow. Before we finish up today, though, here's Pastor Greg once again with a closing word of prayer. I would like to have a prayer now where all of us would ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit and give us a passion to do this. And I would ask that you would pray a prayer with me where you're asking God to empower you. The Bible says, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses unto me. 
And that's what we want to be witnesses. We want to fulfill the Great Commission. So we need this power. So let's pray for it in our lives right now. Let's all bow our heads. Father, I pray for everyone here. And I pray that we will seek to, well, just do this. That we'll take steps of faith and just initiate conversations and look for people new in the faith and do everything we can to help them, not only for their sake, but for ours. So we don't reach spiritual stagnation. So we don't find ourselves going backwards instead of forward. But Lord, we can't do this on our own. We need help and we need power. And you've promised us power to be a witness and we're gonna ask for it right now. Now everyone, I'm gonna just lead you in a prayer and I'd ask you to just pray this prayer out loud after me. Again, as I pray, just pray this. Lord Jesus, you've called me to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. But I've not always done this, Lord. But I want to. So I need the power you offer. So fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a holy boldness like I've never known before. Give me a burden for lost people. Give me a heart for those that are new in the faith. Help me to make disciples. Oh, Father, you've heard that prayer and now we all pray that you will seal it with your power and even today we'll just sense your leading and look for those opportunities. They're everywhere. And what a joy, what a privilege it is to see people grow in the faith. The next thing to seeing them come to Christ is seeing them grow in their faith and become spiritually mature. Lord, you've called us to do this. Help us to start doing it. And we commit ourselves to you. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Just Do It. Go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.